0: Well, <laughs> uh, maybe it was because my husband's away such a lot, I had such a lot of freedom, <laughs> I don't know, but, um, God is good, amen, and um, we certainly experienced that this morning, and I give glory to God for the way that he moved and the message he gave me to bring to you this morning, and um, it's not, um, you know, it's probably about 30% my doing, you have to do the study. You can't just get up on Sunday morning and say, Oh, Lord, I need a message to preach today. Because if you do that, you're going to fail. <laughs> and the pastor's going to have some words with you. Amen? <laughs> but uh, it has been my joy. I'll just get this up. And, uh, to be able to... um In the so I have, I have a long history with indigenous people and what wonderful people they are too. Thank the Lord that He saves people from all races, all nations. You know, big and small, fat, ugly, beautiful, whatever. I I tease my grandchildren with that. I say, you know, a couple of them have like these issues about I'm the most beautiful and uh, the other one, I'm the most brainy <laughs> And I say to him, well, you know, you're just kids, really. You're just kids. But in God's eyes, we're all beautiful. But I do give glory to God for what he has done in my life and for the anointing um, and the calling of God in preaching. And um, I'm really honoured to be here with you tonight and particularly uh, Pastor Butcher and with Brother Gavin and uh, Sister Barbara from the Townsville Church is here. And um, I'm sure that Brother Nightingale is thinking now, I'm going to put a stop to all this visiting Perth <laughs> in case everybody gets a desire to come and move over here. And uh, shortly you will have Sister Butcher with you permanently and we shall miss her greatly. She has been a great and wonderful support in the church and she is a prayer warrior. But it is time. And um, I think it's a great thing for churches when people do move at times under the leading of the Lord to go somewhere new. And um, I believe that we all have something to offer God. We can, you know, look and think, well, if only I was like that person. But from the very beginning of my walk with God... I set out to do what I could do the best myself and all I wanted to do was to please the Lord and uh, follow my husband and it's just amazing what God has done and those of you that know me from the past um, have heard this before but the very first time that the pastor asked me to pray in church I burst into tears and ran out the door so there's hope. There's hope for you all. <laughs> um, I was a very shy person. I grew up in quite an um, isolated environment in the bush. And um, my father was very protective of us as um, in the family. And, uh, you know, there were things that when I got married and to somebody in the Air Force, um, it was quite an eye-opener to me what the world was really like going from the... Um, little town of Catherine in Northern Territory to the great big city of Canberra. But, uh, you know, God was good because we were searching for something more than we had and we found it in that city. We found the truth and we found people who love God and we found somebody who would explain to us just what Pentecost was all about. And so we moved on and just like you, Maybe in a few years' time, if the Lord tarries, some of you won't be here because God will have called you to somewhere else to work for him. And uh, there is a definite calling upon people who come to the ministry and it's not to be taken lightly. And we also know that when we submit ourselves to God's will, that in his perfect timing that he makes things go very well, very well. And um, I've had the honour of preaching in churches overseas and, uh, and being blessed to see people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, particularly the honour of ministering to children. And my heart's desire now is to continue to do the Lord's work. I don't believe that um, there's retirement, is there? No, I don't think so. There's no retirement from ministry, really. Because there's a fire that burns in our hearts and in our souls and it doesn't go out. And um, I have a lot of, you know, family in Townsville and not all of them are living for God. And so they're going to be my project coming up. (laughs) To renew them um, in their walk with God and... I was so delighted that my son came with me this morning and, um, you know, he's a lot softer than he makes out. And we just continue and ask you to pray for him. I'm a little bit... I'm not nervous, I'm just feeling after the Holy Ghost tonight. Um, the presence of God is very strong in this place and I don't want to just preach what i prepared unless it's what God wants, amen? And... um being sensitive to them over the spirit is something that, you know, I appreciate how much God leads us and we don't stand in our own strength but in the strength of God. And I know that there are times when I have seen ministers who have stood in the pulpit and and God has moved upon them and they have preached an entirely different message but it has been totally in the will of God. There are times when you prepare a lot and I'm opening my heart to you tonight to say this, that you know we want you to be supportive of your ministry in the church. I encourage you to be supportive. Um, often people take it as though, well, God moves and God, you know, he moves and, and he provides. But, you know, your ministry spent a lot of time praying, fasting, searching the word of God, feeling after God's spirit to bring you what you need in the services and we need uplifting in prayer but we also need sometimes you know it's good to give praise and to thank people for what they do and you like it don't you? You like people to tell you you've done a good job and and uh, we're thankful. So I really um, was going to minister tonight about building a house and I'll just quickly cover that but I know there's something else that God wants and uh, building a house is a costly, time-consuming effort and if any of you have ever planned to build a house and bought a block of land and gone through all the process you know all the things that you have to do and you have to have a plan And God wants us to know that he has a plan for our lives. Amen. And uh, it takes a lot of time. It really does. And then it comes to the stage where you have to decide, you know, what sort of tiles you want, what colour you want to paint the house, what colour is the roof going to be, you know. It just goes on and on and you think, wow. And then the electrician comes and he wants to know how many lights do you want and where do you want your PowerPoints and... I've always had problems with this when we've been building a house because I always want the PowerPoints somewhere where he doesn't want to put them. And uh, I say to him, listen, you know, I've lived in all these houses and I know where I want my PowerPoints. And so eventually, you know, we managed to work it out, the solution. And there's also other things that we might consider our houses as a shelter. And it is a shelter. It's a place where we as a family live. There's comfort. There's also the prestige of being a house owner. I don't know that that's such a glorious thing when you consider the mortgage payments and the insurance and the upkeep and all the rest of it. But it gives us an identity of ownership and God wants us to take ownership of what we have in him. And I believe this is what God wants me to preach to you tonight about taking ownership of what God has given to you both individually and as a church and ownership is something that brings with it responsibility and uh, it also brings with with it cares at times and disappointments ever bought a car and thought oh wow particularly a second hand car this is a great deal And one time we, um, this was not my choice, but we actually had an ex-police pursuit car. And um, that had a lot of power. But I was very careful to drive it because I didn't want to get a speeding ticket. But occasionally, you know, you put your foot down and forget... And if there's any young hoons around, they think, oh, we'll just give that car, you know, a bit of a buzz. But uh, the temptation, I always resisted it. I resist that temptation to put my foot down a bit harder. <laughs> so you have responsibility, but you own a car. And, and sometimes you buy a car and it looks so good on the outside, but it's really not so good. It doesn't work so well. And you have a lot of problems. Identity and ownership also means that as time goes on and particularly when you get older, you tend to pass things on to your family and you, if you're wise and if you're blessed and we are blessed, many of us will have an inheritance to leave to our children. But I've assured my children that I don't intend to keep the money I have right now and not spend it if I can do it for the Lord's work. And so they might not get anything in an inheritance. <laughs> and uh, not that I have much money, believe you me, but um, I do have a house and I do have a good car. And uh, But I hope to be around a long time yet. And um, I want I want to give back to God. Not that I can repay him and not that I consider I owe him, but I want to bless my God for the blessings he's given to me. And I don't want to be like somebody who leaves an inheritance for the kids to divide up and go on a holiday with. Um, and there are a lot of people today, that's all they think about. They think about their inheritance, what they're going to leave for their kids. Their kids don't care for them, they don't visit them, they don't have anything to do with them, but that's the, you know what their whole purpose in life is. What can I leave for my children when I die? Well, I want to leave for my children when I die... This is really what I want to leave. I want to leave an inheritance that Jesus Christ is Lord and I've lived my life for him. And so that's where we're going tonight. And thinking about this um, in the past, you know, we are always looking for the future. But I have, and it's not because of my age, Because I started this when I was about 50 years old. Starting thinking not about the future and what God could do, but what is God wanting to do right now in my life? What is He wanting to do right now? You are sitting in church tonight, and I don't know a lot of you. I don't know if you have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but I want to assure you tonight God wants you to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost tonight. Not to go away and think, oh well, you know, when, when I've been in the church a while or when a great evangelist comes, because I don't claim to be a great evangelist, but I know the word of God and I know the experience there is in receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And let me tell you, it is joy unspeakable and full of glory. And it changes your life. Absolutely, changes your life. In fact, when Brother Jacobs and I came into the Pentecostal church, Um, he was a little bit put out because God filled me with the Holy Ghost the second meeting I went to and he didn't get it for six long weeks and he nearly drove me crazy because he said look you're so happy he said and you read the Bible and you don't know the Bible and yet you understand it and he said you speak in tongues in your sleep and you know, you're going around telling all the people about what a wonderful Saviour Jesus is. He said, And I was brought up in the church and I have a lot of education in religious things and God didn't give me the Holy Ghost. said it's probably why. <laughs> yeah. So um he used to ask me, How did you get it? And he'd pray to the Father, and he'd pray to the Son, and he'd pray to the Holy Ghost, and then he'd just pray, Oh God, oh God. And I said, Look, stop it. I don't know how to give you the Holy Ghost. I said, You know, you've got to leave me alone. And uh, I said, I don't know. I said, Just go and talk to the pastor. And he said, Oh no, you know, he's already talked to me and told me, Just, you know, God will do it in his time. But he went to a meeting in Sydney and on Anzac Day, which was our oldest son's birthday, he finally received the Holy Ghost. And I said to him, what happened? And he said, I'm not going to tell you now because you wouldn't tell me how to do it. <laughs> and uh, I said, no, no, come on, because I didn't go with him and... Um, so he said, oh well, you know, Brother Billy Cole was the evangelist and he was there and he just said, young man, the Holy Ghost is all over you and he wants, you know, to fill you but you're just standing there and you're just not, you're just not relaxing. He said, relax, relax. And uh, he went away and came back and then, you know, he said, oh, I don't know what happened. He said, I just felt different and started speaking in other tongues. I want to encourage you tonight you know a lot of people have this idea that it's a big build up and you know you've got to really start saying hallelujah 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 and you've got to really get everybody around you praying and patting you on the back and whatever and um well i received the holy ghost kneeling at a plastic chair weeping before god and saying lord whatever you want to do in my life i want you to do it tonight And I didn't know anything about this Holy Ghost business. I really didn't know. I had heard a man that night preach about the blood of Christ and how it cleanses us from our sin, how he died on the cross. And this was all wonderful to me. And I'm thinking, well, you know, I I want this. I want this. And I just, as I was crying my eyes out and just lifted my hands and God filled me with the Holy Ghost. So this is what God wants for you. And he doesn't want us to wait. We don't have to do a whole lot of Bible studies, exams and, you know, prove how faithful we are with God. We just need to ask him and we just need to allow him to fill us with the Holy Ghost. One of my favourite parts of the scripture is in Acts chapter 10. I have met many people over the years who have had religious experiences and we should never deny what people have experienced whether it matches up with what we believe or not um, that to them is something that they have experienced and we are not to judge them on that I believe that we are to encourage them to seek more from God amen to go deeper in their walk with God and God will take care of all the things that aren't quite right. And there are many people who have experiences that are really unexplainable according to the word of God. But whether God does it or not, I just say, well, here we are now. And and let's let's look at what God has for you today. And um, I found that that's the best way of dealing with people who have contrary experiences to what we believe get into an argument, deep discussion and try to prove them wrong let them talk about their experience then move on to the experience that we have in Jesus Christ and that to me has proved many times to be uh, a way of people you know relaxing and, and accepting what you have to listening to what you have to say because nobody likes to be told that their experience is nothing Amen. My first experience um, at going to a church I chose to go to uh, when I moved into the town with my job. I went to a united United church then. And um, the pastor and his wife were fairly new there. She was much older than him. It was a second marriage on her half. And um, I was quite shocked. I didn't really know anything about church. I thought church was really quiet, you know. You just went to church and you Bad your head, and you, you know, sung a few songs and whatever. Um, and so in the preaching, she stands up and says, Now, Wally, that's not right. That's not, not the way it should be. And I think, Oh my goodness. <laughs> this is different. Um, and, you know, she used to contradict him, and he wouldn't say anything. He would just go on with his message and. You keep preaching. And of course, you know, it was a very set format. You started at a certain time, you had so many hymns, took up the offering, and they said a prayer, and then did the preaching, and then you had the close. You sung the doxology, which is about, you know, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and everybody left. And I'd only been going there a few weeks, and then they decided ah, you know, we will give Sue a Sunday school class to teach of eight-year-old boys. And they knew that I knew nothing, absolutely nothing. And uh, so I spent the whole week studying this lesson they gave me and I still didn't know anything. And I go and try and teach these eight-year-old boys. But I learned a lot in that time. And, um, you know, it was really quite interesting because after I left that church, some of those kids... Came and saw me at my work, and they said, oh, "We want you to come back and teach us because we don't like our teacher anymore." <laughs> and so, you know, God knows what you need, doesn't He? He has this plan in place, and He operates outside the ways that we do things. We we plan, and and I am a planner. I, you know, as I said, I like to be organized and like to plan, but. We have to step out of that zone quite often and let God have his way. And so I really really love this story, the account of a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. And he was a centurion of the band called the Italian band. And this man would have seen many things happening as in his position of authority... Um, And he was, you know, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. The very first time I read this, I thought, oh, I can't can't be like that, you know. Um, It seems such a, a lot to do. But he saw in a vision about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord. This is a question we need to often ask in our walk with God, in our prayer time. What is it, Lord? What are you trying to speak to me about? To learn to listen to the voice of God. Sometimes we just run in there and we have all this list of prayer requests and all the things we want to, you know, tell God he needs to do. And and you know, we're, we're like that as humans, but. Learning to listen to God's voice changes things dramatically in your life. And I don't... um, I don't go to prayer with a list. I ask God to move on me to pray for what I should be praying for. And over the years, many times in uh, meeting people that I've never met before I've spoken to them about intercessory prayer that God has put their name on my heart even when I didn't know them and at a certain time on a certain date praying for them and they were in really desperate need of prayer God is able to use you like that I'm not, I'm not super special I just had a heart that wanted to please God and intercessory prayer is a very precious thing that's needed in the church. It's not always associated with a prayer list or a prayer request. And in moving in the supernatural, you know, world, this is something wonderful that God does. And often at 3 o'clock in the morning, I would wake and... I don't like waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you... But um, And I would feel a need to go and pray. Sometimes it was things that I knew about, but quite often it was someone or somebody that I didn't really know about. And when I was talking to Brother and Sister Sham at conference, um, I said to them, I said, you don't really know me, I have met you once before, but um, you, I have been praying for you for many, many, many years since I read about the work in Pakistan. And the Holy Ghost like it was powerful and sister sham said to me she said you don't know how much we appreciate that and how much we know people are praying for us but you know when we come into contact like this somebody God is moving by his spirit on it reinforces all the more how real God is and how much he cares for us And I will probably never go to Pakistan, but I have had a great interest in that country, surprisingly, and read quite a number of books um, written by people who have come out of there or lived there and the things that are happening in that country. We know also that when Cornelius, when he saw this vision, he was afraid. And the angel said to him, Thy prayers and thine arms have come up for a memorial before God and now send men to Joppa and call for Simon whose surname is Peter and he lodges with one who is a tanner and when the angel spoke to Cornelius and departed he called two of his servants and sent them and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually this is one of those little gems in the word of God that we can skip over so often he had a devout soldier with him he wasn't on his own. We focus on Cornelius and Peter in this story, but to have a devout follower, somebody who's by your side, and we all need someone like that, church. We need a friend. We have a friend in Jesus, but we need a friend, somebody who's by our side, to hold our hand, to lift us up when we're down, to pray with us, and, and you know, just to be there as a friend not to take the place of your pastor but to be a friend and so this devout man and when he declared all these things he sent them to Joppa and we know this story probably some of you may not know this if you're a new Christian but this is an amazing account of how God works in the lives of those um, who are serving him but not really knowing him And there are a lot of people who are like that. They are in churches, they're in their homes, they're in organisations. They are serving God in the only way they know, but they don't really know him. And to know him is to love him. And when he knows us, his love is abundant to us. And so the outcome of this was when Cornelius talked about how that You know, to Peter and how he was to send to Joppa. And in verse 37 of Acts chapter 10, it says, That word I say you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. What a revelation! To this man who was not a Jew he was a Gentile and so this he knew Jesus he knew about Jesus and walking you know in the light that he had but because he was devout I believe God sees those hearts of people who are devout and he's drawing them church he's drawing them to the truth to the revelation of the name of Jesus Christ the name That is above every other name. The name that, you know, when we sung about it tonight, I thought my heart was pounding. I thought it's in his name that we're healed. We're set free. We're delivered. It's the name of Jesus, the only name that is above every other name. And he went on to say, and then, of course, and um, he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead, to him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. My sins are under the blood. Under the blood. Under the blood. We spoke about it this morning. You know, under the blood. And, you know, Jesus Christ was the chief cornerstone. And we know in Him, everything's in Him. It's all in Him. It's all in Him. We can't add to, we can't take away His glory, His power, the name, His the salvation that comes through His name, who He is, the Redeemer of my soul. I love Him today. And I have found that my love for Him It changed over a period of time. It's grown deeper and I appreciate more and more how much the price was that he paid for us at Calvary. When we see this, while Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And right now, tonight, the Holy Ghost is present in this place. There is a... I I don't know. I've stood on this platform before and the anointing was so great it was like there was an angel here and Brother Glass kept calling people and saying come up here come and stand here can you feel it can you feel it and when you moved from that area across the platform and down it left the feeling and I believe that there is the presence of the Holy Ghost in this place tonight you know you may not be feeling it but I tell you he's here church he's here and he wants to pour out the Holy Ghost and fill you on all them which hear the word. And they that are of the circumcision which believe were astonished that many came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. How hungry are you tonight? How thirsty are you tonight? Are you really wanting more in your life? I'm sure you've heard plenty of preaching about receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But I want to also encourage those of you who have been in the church for a number of years, it's time for a top-up refreshing in the Holy Ghost. We need that living water all the time, all the time. We had great floods in Townsville this year and I walked out my front door and you know what? I could not see across the street for the rain. It was like a waterfall that was pouring down. It was just amazing that so much rain could fall from the sky. And look, you know, I have a sense, Brother Butcher, tonight, God wants to pour out, he wants to pour out, he wants to pour out the Holy Ghost. And so when they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God, and magnify God. So we're not going to preach any more tonight. You're going to get up and we're going to sing and we're going to worship God. And if you really want the Holy Ghost, God's here in this place. Amen. How long since you've had such a wonderful, wonderful feeling of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues that you've forgotten about everybody else? You've forgotten about...